The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace the advice of a licensed therapist or medical professional. All the information obtained in this podcast comes from peer-reviewed research and literature. Please find references to each podcast in the description. Welcome to Real Talk with your host, Dr. Africa Rainey. Today, we explore two forces in this world that have shaped the entire planet. They are responsible for maintaining systems of domination, exploitation, trauma, violence, and powerlessness. They are intertwined with one another and require each other to maintain itself. These forces are privilege and oppression. On today's episode, we'll be exploring each of these forces and learn to understand how they are connected and sustain one another. We'll also discuss ways each of us can begin to become more aware of how the forces of privilege and oppression shape our lives as individuals and as a society. All of this and more on Real Talk. Stay tuned. Privilege grants members of a society with unfair advantages. Benefits granted by privilege are always unearned and can appear as strengths when in reality, privilege is unspoken permission to control and dominate. Privilege can put a person in a position to earn more advantages. To have privilege is to be granted benefits based on class, 
sex, race, ability, sexual status, and others. Whereas a person who was not of a particular status would have had to earn. While the oppressed can recognize the privilege of another, individuals with privilege are often blind to the advantages they receive. There are four conditions to privilege. Condition number one, most privilege is invisible and that most individuals who have it are not consciously aware they have it. Shame can often prevent individuals from becoming aware of their privilege. It's important to recognize privilege and oppression in this culture is a systemic issue, meaning it's woven into government, public and private institutions, families, cultures and subcultures within our society. Recognizing and understanding one's privilege can be immensely helpful in being an ally for another or using one's privilege to help others who do not have the same privileges. Number two, privilege given to members of specific groups like whites, men, heterosexuals, simply because they are white, male, and heterosexual is not justifiable. Condition number three, benefits granted by privilege are always unearned and granted systemically to members of dominant groups like men, whites, wealthy, able-bodied individuals, etc. Number four, privilege comes with unconditional advantages, placing an individual in a better position to earn more advantages, such as earning more money, having more assets, control over certain resources like private businesses and political power, education, well-paying jobs, and safe places to live. Condition number five, privilege must be released in order to eradicate it. As long as it exists, oppression will remain. Privilege can numb empathy and stifle connection. It sustains oppression due to a lack of connection and understanding of those who do not have the same privileges. Up next, unpacking the invisible knapsack.
1989, Peggy McIntosh, diversity ally, scholar, speaker, research scientist, activist, and founder of The Seed Project, an educational equity and diversity curriculum, published the article, White Privilege, Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack, in which she reflects on her own unearned advantages as a white woman. I will be reading excerpts from this article, specifically unearned privileges that come as a result of the lack of the pigment melanin in an individual's skin. In our culture, the least amount of melanin will give an individual more privileges, while having more melanin will grant an individual fewer privileges and greater oppression. Some unearned advantages of whiteness are, I can if I wish to arrange to be in the company of my race most of the time. If I should need to move, I can be pretty sure of renting or purchasing housing in an area which I can afford and in which I want to live. I can be pretty sure that my neighbors in such a location will be neutral or pleasant to me. I can go shopping alone most of the time, pretty well assured that I will not be followed or harassed. I can turn on the telephone or open to the front page of the paper and see people of my race widely represented. When I am told about our national heritage or about civilizations, I am shown that people of my color made it what it is. I can be sure that my children will be given curriculum and materials that testify to the existence of their race. I can go home from most meetings of organizations I belong to feeling somewhat tied in rather than isolated, out of place, outnumbered, unheard, held at a distance, or feared. I can be sure that if I need legal or medical help, my race will not work against me. I can arrange to protect my children most of the time from people who might not like them. If a traffic cop pulls me over, or if the IRS audits my tax return, I can be sure I haven't been singled out because of my race. Next up, how you can begin to change privilege. Avocateur. 
Can you begin to change privilege? It begins with you, first by recognizing it. Examining oneself and recognizing one's privilege. The second step is managing shame around becoming aware of one's privilege. Shame can be an intensely painful feeling. Recognizing one's privilege can feel destabilizing particularly when the privilege is not wanted. However, learning to sit with one's shame can be helpful in accepting privilege. The third step is to begin to step outside one's comfort zone and attempt to further educate oneself on the oppression of others. Connection is the key to breaking the cycle of privilege and oppression. Reaching out to connect can be through a variety of means, such as this podcast, a book, movie, or getting to know someone who does not have the same privileges as you. Using your privilege to uplift the oppressed by aligning with organizations and political groups that promote diversity, equity, and inclusion using the power of privilege to educate others, speak up in the presence of oppressive actions and behaviors, create an environment of acceptance, and most important, be open to hearing the voices and reading the history of minority cultures and groups who do not have the same privileges as you. Silence about privilege promotes privilege. This is particularly true when discussing oppression. Any discussion on oppression must also include privilege, as they are perpetually connected. Next up is an examination of oppression. Thank you. 
while privilege grants members of a society with unfair advantages, oppression systemically and unfairly marginalizes some members of society. Oppression like privilege is built into every structure in our culture. Oppression, however, devalues the work experiences and voices of members of marginalized groups like Black, Brown, Indigenous, Neurodiverse, Gender, Sexual, and Economic Minorities and the Disadvantage. In order to be oppressed, a person must have at least one of as many five conditions. Economic exploitation is the first. This continues to this day. The hardship of the economically disadvantaged is used to generate greater profit for those with economic privileges. For example, the patriarchal family in which women are expected to conduct all labor around children and household duties in the home with little to no support from their male partners. Due to the structure of these households, women are dependent on men financially while receiving very little support emotionally and domestically. Number two, political powerlessness. Individuals from one group holding political power and creating laws to maintain and promote policies benefiting one group and further oppressing other groups. Number three, social cultural marginalization. These are people the labor system cannot or will not use. These people can include black, Latino, gender minorities, disabled populations, single moms, older individuals, immigrants, and indigenous people. Number four, cultural imperialism, in which one cultural group imposes dominance through laws, media, violence, exclusion, politics, traditions, language, and economy over other groups. Number five, violence, in which members of some groups fear random, unprovoked attacks by the dominant group in which they may be physically, sexually, or verbally attacked. These attacks often have no motive other than to destroy, damage, humiliate, denigrate the individual for the sole purpose of their being a part of a minority group based on their physical appearance. For example, a black person being arrested by police for simply walking down the street. The experience of oppression may differ based on the level of intersections the person has with a group. For example, a person who identifies as a gender, sexual, and racial minority has many intersections in which they will experience oppression compared to an individual who may identify as only a gender minority. The study of the impact these intersections have on a given individual 
is referred to as intersectionality. The more social and cultural intersections of oppression, the greater the impact on the individual and being able to attain a well-paying job, education, political power, and a feeling of safety in one society. It can be exceedingly difficult for the oppressed to have a voice, particularly those who fall within intersections of marginalization, such as black lesbian women, Latino transgender women, or neurodivergent two-spirit indigenous individuals, elderly disabled immigrants, Oppressed individuals have been standing up against their oppressors. However, it is those who are in privilege who must be willing to recognize and stand with the voices of the oppressed in order to create change. Back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Like the neighborhood warriors. I don't miss, I don't play none, I don't diss, I don't say none. I go switch, that's an A1. I stay with no A1. Tell the chef, I said thanks, tell the tell I'm in the bank. Tell my mom I'm living good, tell my kids don't stress a thing. I go back. In closing, a quote from The Invisible Knapsack by Peggy Carter. And I quote, To redesign social systems, we need first to acknowledge their colossal unseen dimensions. The silences and denials surrounding privilege are the key political tool here. They keep the thinking about equality or equity incomplete, protecting unearned advantage and conferred dominance by making these taboo subjects. Most talk by whites about equal opportunity seems to me now to be about equal opportunity to try to get into a position of dominance while denying that systems of dominance exist. I imagine for some others like me, if we raise our daily consciousness on the prerequisites of being light-skinned, what will we do with such knowledge? It is an open question whether we will choose to use unearned advantage to weaken hidden systems of advantage. End quote. The only way to break the cycle of oppression and privilege is through conscious awareness in which we can begin to weaken and eventually break the cycle of oppression and privilege. I'm Dr. Africa Rainey with Real Talk. I will see you in one month. Take care. Tell my mom I'm living good. Tell my kids don't stress a thing. I go back to back on the 
just